When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey Geekscapers, welcome to our brand new Geekscape. My name is Jonathan London, and if you're a first-time Geekscape listener, uh, welcome to your new favorite geek podcast, the number one podcast on the Geekscape website, who's number one in the slot, no matter what the kids over at Geekscape Games say. Um, and uh, if you're a long-time Geekscape listener and you're wondering, hey, why wasn't there an episode last week? Sorry, I'm in Vancouver, which allows me to be sitting across from Derek Cranavelt right now, um, and he's my guest this episode. And I'm up in Vancouver, and we're, um, we're doing all sorts of cool stuff up here, and we'll tell you about it. But this is Geekscape, movies, video games, and comic books. We're going to be talking about movies, we're going to be talking about some comics, we're going to be talking about some television, and uh, this is our episode. I'm, I'm just really excited to be on a podcast where we don't have to talk about Destiny for half an hour. Yeah, I think uh, if you guys are listeners to the Geekscape Games podcast, which I love, I listen to it every week, um, there, were, there was an episode a few... <laughs> Episodes a few episodes ago where Shane went on about Destiny for half the episode. And this is a game that I guess some people are playing again because of Taken King. And um, to say it was boring would be an insult to the word boring. I, like, it was as close as I've ever come to like falling, falling asleep, asleep while trying, like, so, so I was supposed to be active in this thing. But really the conversation was just between the two of you guys. So it was really a conversation with himself. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't think anybody. I had no idea what the fuck he was talking about. Nobody else was on the episode at that point. I didn't know what he was talking about, and so if if I had any, you know, I was. Well, if you're listening, if you're still playing Destiny and you're really into it, go back about two or three, about three or four episodes on Geekscape Games and listen to that episode. There's a whole slew of information, which is it was probably old when the episode went up (laughs) (laughs) because that's the schedule they keep. Um, But yeah, this is Geekscape. We talk about all sorts of stuff. Uh, mainly geek uh, stuff and you know all that. So um, I want to remind you guys that we are going to be at Kamikaze back in LA Halloween weekend. That's the 30th, 31st, and November 1st at the LA Convention Center. We'll be in the West Hall, I think. We have a booth at the West Hall, and I've got to check uh, the schedule. But I've got a couple panels that I'm moderating. Uh, but the Geekscape title, uh, the Geekscape booth will be there. And um, we'd love to see you if you're in the LA area. So if you're in Southern California, come to Kamikaze, um, hang out with us, and enjoy some of the cool things that... I mean, Kamikaze is just fun every year. It's a kind of a, a fun, laid-back, no-pressure convention. Com- you, you Kamikaze would, is so... I, I've, I've been the, I went once. I went two years ago. And, I mean, like, like San Diego Comic-Con that year was my first like, big, big convention. And then being able to go to Kamikaze just a few months later made me really appreciate Kamikaze because... 
I, f I just felt like instead of standing in line for two hours to do anything, you could actually do stuff if, mm -hmm. if you, you know, the, because there's there's a lot of people, but far less than than you'd see at SDCC. You can actually just go talk to people. If there's a creator that you're a fan of and they have a booth there, instead of waiting forever to even be able to catch a glimpse of them, you can actually just go up and talk to them and have right. a conversation with them. And 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 it, it's just way more laid back. And it's probably more fun because, you know, you're not shoulder to shoulder with 100,000 people the entire time you're there. Um, so if you haven't been, it's a it's a blast. And I, I would love to go again at some point. Yeah, I think... Mm. That metaphor wasn't going to work. I was going to say that Comic Con is kind of like the summer blockbuster of conventions. The, the epic scope of it is kind of what what is appealing. Sometimes the appeal of Comic Con is damn. It's just a, yeah. a celebration of excess. Yeah. And Kamikaze is a bit more about a celebration of access. Yeah. And totally. Yeah. I don't know where that would land. Somewhere. I, I think Kamikaze would be like the pleasant surprise movies that come out in the year, and you're like, oh. This isn't the summer blockbuster, but it's still uh, got a place in my heart. We love it. Uh, it's very close to us, uh, and we love going every year. So uh, we're going to be at Kamikaze Halloween weekend, and I think Regina will be my next guest when I get back to L.A. Nice. So I'll, don't worry, Geekscapists. I'll be back in the studio with Kenny Craig and Will Sterling and Jake um, at T-Radio V this week, and you guys are going to get back to our regular schedule and I'm sorry, but <laughs> it's been busy. It's been a busy, busy month. It's been awesome, and uh, and I've been w working up here in Vancouver and discovering Vancouver and celebrating Vancouver. You just moved to Vancouver. I, moved, I just moved to Vancouver. I, I mean, I was staying with a friend for a little bit, so I have officially got my place on the first of the month. You've done more stuff in Vancouver since you've been here than I've ever done in Vancouver, and it's been just a few <laughs> hours away from me my entire life. <laughs> I uh, I hit it hard. I, I came to Vancouver, and I was going to be here three and a half, four weeks, uh, shadowing on a television show, shadowing another director on, I guess I can just say it's Supernatural, which is, I, I, I have such an appreciation for that show, and it's been so awesome watching the show come together and watching the crew. Um that um, I just I have to thank so many people for allowing me the opportunity to come, opportunity to come up here and study what they do and learn what they do in the hopes of doing what they do very soon. Um, and you know the one thing I was said is if I don't piss anybody off, I'll be back. So <laughs> I think if I talk too much about it, um, you might not be back. I, yeah, I might be back, and I'll <laughs> piss people off. But but I, th I think I'm safe in saying uh, that it's been a incredible an incredible opportunity to come up here and 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 watch supernatural come together and and god it's in its 11th season well and, and it, it, just it, seeing it just seeing the crew yeah. and the team and everybody working together has just been phenomenal well and it's ha it has to be just a whole different experience shadowing and watching a show come together that's so tenured because they're so efficient at this point that you're it's seeing awesome. so much more happen rather than you know, I like. I'm sure there's a lot of newer shows where it doesn't go so it doesn't go as smoothly, and and because of that, you're watching you know stuff happen that shouldn't take as long as it as it does mm -hmm. on that that sort of show. So I can't imagine the learning experience because like, it's it's been a month. Yeah, yeah, I've been here yeah. uh, a month, and uh, and we're finishing up this week. I'm gonna visit another show uh, while I'm here, and then and see how they are. You know, but everybody at Warner Brothers TV is awesome for sending me up here and. Um, maybe helping, you know, have moved my career along uh, soon enough. I, it's just been pretty cool, and uh, and meeting the not only the crew but also the cast has been great. And I think slowly but surely you'll see some of those individuals uh, filter onto Geekscape. <laughs> you know, uh, I've been in conversation with all those people, and this morning I had a lunch with 
um, some of the actors and actresses from the show. We went to brunch, and there were some other actors there from other shows shooting here in Vancouver. There's a million shows shooting in Vancouver, so there were actors from Once Upon a Time, Once Upon a Time, the ABC show, Once Upon a Time, yeah. and, um, and Heroes of Tomorrow, Legends of Tomorrow. Pretty much, well, most of the CW stuff shoots up here. Yeah, so um, so I've just been having fun, and which is, it's been great. Yeah, which it's it's actually really like, again, just having moved here, I like I know just how much stuff is shot in Vancouver but I didn't I don't still don't know the city very well but I didn't know the city very well and it's really interesting watching even watching stuff since I've moved here like I just got really into iZombie um iZombie's awesome iZombie's awesome I like watch it so fast but like just literally like being like oh I walk past that every day and like just how recognizable the stuff is you walk past the the the, the locations in the show oh yeah like yeah. all the time yeah. yeah yeah so it's just it's it's uh and I knew again you know like like most shows like Bates Motel there's like the entire you never made it to over where the ferry is but the have you, have you seen Bates Motel a little bit. I haven't, but w- w- which ferry are you talking about? Like the, the Horseshoe Bay ferry no, to, to, to Vancouver, Vancouver Island. The entire that entire like Horseshoe Bay area is the town in Bates Motel. Oh, that's really yeah, cool. Yeah, like so they're it, it's crazy just seeing just literally everything. Yeah, I mean we'll see if this opportunity leads itself to opening up the doors for you Geekscapists who are listening to this podcast too, um, or maybe on the website, you know, uh, getting more. Uh, in touch with some cool TV people. I know some people want to come on the show, and it'll all happen in time. We had Kevin Tantron on last episode two weeks ago, and he's here directing an episode of Flash. And I still can't um, believe he hadn't seen the Iron Giant. And he hadn't seen the Iron <laughs> Giant. If you listen to the last episode, we went to see Iron Giant, and yesterday we went to see Crimson Peak, which you haven't seen yet, so I'm not going to spoil it. Um, I will say this, because I had read the script, Mm-hmm. I'd read the script of Crimson Peak, and uh, and I knew what was happening in the movie. And then, I, and the whole time I'm watching the movie, and this is about uh, how do you pronounce her name, the the lead actress who was in Alice in Wonderland. I, 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 I'm gonna I'm gonna have to look it up, and I'm gonna have to do it phonetically because it's like it's Mia something. Yeah, right? Mia yeah. Wachowski. Or w- no, what? I don't think it's Wachowski. What? Let's see. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm looking it up as like, like Shane does on your show. It's Mia Wasikowski. Okay. And she basically plays a, a, a girl whose idols are like Mary Shelley. And mm, it, it takes okay. place, I think, in the late 1800s yeah. or early 1900s. But there's the beginning of the automobile. So it would be early 1900s. Yeah. And she's in Buffalo, New York. And her father's a wealthy, wealthy uh, builder and industrialist. And... Um, and it's uh, immediately what you what you get with any Guillermo del Toro movie is this tone and this mood and in, in sort of the world building that he's yeah. so good at. Well, the the atmosphere of all of his films is is I mean unparalleled for the most yeah. part. So like, I think I think that's the best word for it. The, his the Guillermo del Toro atmosphere, and so you get Mia Wasikowski, and she's she just wants to be a writer, mm-hmm. and she wants to write ghost stories, and she wants to write cool Mary Shelley type things, and that's kind of her hero and. Charlie Hunnam is in this one. He was also in, obviously, uh, Pacific, Rim. Pacific Rim. And he's in this one as, uh, as a doctor who's sort of has an affection for her, but it's unrequited. And uh, in the, out of nowhere, here comes this, um, this foreign guy from, from England, and it's Tom Hiddleston. And he's looking for investment for his clay mines back in England. And he wants investment from uh, Mia Wasikowski's father, and uh, they're in like his group of builders and investors. He wants partners for this mm-hmm. clay mining operation. 
which doesn't sound exciting, but his intentions may not necessarily be pure. And his sister, played by Jessica Chastain, they have this um, sort of dynamic, and, and, and you start to, to learn that there are more things spinning in this story <laughs> than simply a guy from out of town yeah. comes, romances a wealthy man's daughter, and wants his, you know, his support in his new mining operation. No, it, it's, uh, it's a little bit more... <laughs> I, I guess what... I, I mean, you, you look at the trailers and you think it's like a, a horror movie. And Guillermo del Toro... I heard he's it, very at it. Like, yeah, his, on, his, on vo- his, voice, couple, his voice was in my head the yeah. entire time I watched the movie. It's like it's not like, a horror. It's not a horror movie. It's a gothic romance. Yeah, it yeah. is a gothic romance. Well, and I, like a few... Because he just joined Twitter recently. And a, yeah. few, a few days before the movie went wide. You know, he was like, for the last time, like, this is it's not, not a horror a go- movie. It's not a horror movie. It's a it's gothic, a gothic romance. romance. And I think it's been marketed much more so as a horror film um, than it has as, you know, this genre that basically doesn't exist anymore. So I will say this to the fans hoping for a horror movie. I jumped a ton. And keep in mind, okay. I did read the script. Yeah. So I had read, I'd read the script. I liked the script. But it's Guillermo del Toro. He still has things that will make your skin crawl. There's still a lot of creepy eeriness in it. Again, his atmosphere is incredible, and mm-hmm. uh, and he makes you jump quite a few mm-hmm. times in this movie. Yeah. Is it a gothic romance? Yes, I actually think and I'll, uh, that this is my favorite English-speaking Guillermo del Toro movie, which is which says a lot. And I mean, he's he's been wanting to make this movie forever. He, yeah. you know, he wrote it at I, I think he wrote it shortly after, around the same time as he wrote Pan's Labyrinth. Mm. Couldn't find anyone to make it, and it was only after uh, you know he did Pacific Rim with Legendary. They said, "What else he got?" and basically gave him the green light to do whatever he wanted um and now it's you know you know now it's come to fruition and in this movie feels um i know pan's labyrinth had some fan- fantasy elements to it uh pan's labyrinth is also the first movie reviewed on geekscape with ian kerner um but this one's also a lot like devil's backbone okay because the ghosts element mm-hmm. is heavy in this one mm-hmm. In the warnings and the premonitions and things like that, I think it's awesome. Yeah, this is yeah. I'll I'll put it behind Devil's Backbone and Pan's Labyrinth being my favorite. I'll put it behind Pan's Labyrinth and Devil's Backbone mm-hmm. as my third favorite Guillermo del Toro movie, and my number one with a bullet English speaking Guillermo del Toro movie. I thought it was awesome. I, it was really cool. Um, definitely recommend it, even if you're a horror fan, and they've told you. It's a gothic romance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't, don't be dissuaded by. <coughs> Do that. not be dissuaded by the romance. Um, we've seen quite a few things. What else have we, we've been seeing? We've been seeing. Uh, I saw Sicario. I saw Sicario. I thought it I was loved Sicario. Awesome. Yeah, performances were amazing. Like Incredible. Emily, Bl- Emily Blunt is quickly becoming one of my favorite actresses. She was great, and Josh Brolin's great, and, yeah. and um, Benicio del Toro. I worry that that. Benicio del Toro is playing both sides of the uh, drug enforcement war. You know, he's mm-hmm. he's 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 um, he's worked for the bad guys. He's worked for the good guys. Yeah. And I, I don't know what side Benicio del Toro is <laughs> on. I look up in these movies. He's either working for the cartels yeah. or he's against the cartels. Or I don't get it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> what, what if he's playing the same character in every movie and like that traffic? And <laughs> what was the one he did for Oliver Stone? The the mafia movie or the the I, one? I don't remember what it's like, called. You know what I'm talking about, yeah, though, right? I do. Like he's a bad guy in that one. Yeah. He's working for the drug dealers. And like, what if he's playing the same character? They're just like, like it's linked. Just, it's like a yeah, few they're years go by, and he's somewhere else and in the world. To- and, you know, if you if yeah. you want to put, you know, if you want one guy who knows both sides yeah. of the drug enforcement war on the U.S. Mexican border, it's Benicio yeah. del Toro. Yeah. I and I was it, I was really surprised with just how intense that movie felt. Like even at mm-hmm. moments and scenes that 
shouldn't have felt as intense as they did. Like, you know, there's a scene where they're going into Mexico to pick someone up. And, you know, they're very for, very forward before doing this that, you know, if anything's going to happen, it's going to be not, nothing's going to happen until we get him. But yeah. even the scene it's where... It's Mia Wasikowska. Wasikowska, okay. Uh, we're saying okay. Wasikowski is Wasikowska. Yes. Yeah, so even they're, when they're driving through the through the town, like, just the way it's shot and how tight everything is, it, 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 I was, like, on the edge of my seat. Mm-hmm. Even yeah, though driving through horror, not expecting yeah. everything, anything to happen, but... Oh, and, they, like, the open... Like, that movie got heavy fast. Yeah. Like, within five minutes of the opening, like, the you're like, what, what is happening? And like, Emily Blunt is awesome. I, I reread... I, I, I was thinking about... Um, what do you want to even call it anymore? The movie with Tom Cruise. <laughs> is it called? Oh. Is it called Live Die Repeat? It's, is it called... I, it's te- technically still called Edge of Tomorrow. Okay, but the marketing is is uh, Live, Die Live Die Repeat. But like, yeah. I love that movie. I love that movie. Yeah, and she's awesome, and she's incredible in this. I think she's so good yeah. in Sicario. Uh, Roger Deakins shot it, mm-hmm. and from the aerial photography to. Sometimes he would take a scene and it's dusk and he'll just light it with the background. You know, oh, like those the scenes were beautiful. Scenes. Like, yes, yeah. So well, you, and, they're not worrying about front lighting yeah, actors no, was, and all that. It's just yeah. backlit, stunning scenes. Yeah, absolutely. And it just adds to this oppressive mood, this oppressive yeah. tone. Because you're right, the plot is that she is a federal. She works for for the, I think the FBI. The, she works for a federal agency, um, and. She gets recruited to be part of this like task force, almost, almost shadowy task yeah. force that deals with yeah. taking out some of the big cartel yeah. guys, and it's not necessary. She she doesn't know whether or not it's legal. Yeah. Well, and they don't tell. They, are you in or out? Is are you in or out? Is without telling her any like, information about listen, it. Listen, we don't want you to ask questions. We yeah. just want you to come along. Yeah. You know, because we need a specialist. And she starts learning that things might not be what they seem, but she's in the dark for so much of this movie. Yeah. And we are too, as an audience member, that. If you know, I don't even think I can use it as a criticism of the movie that the second act feels yeah. like, okay, where's this going? Well, and one like I because that's it with, the character, yeah, that's what I, her experience yeah. is. Like I saw it with my fiance, and she was she was like, the only thing I didn't really like, but I don't know if it was like it almost feels like it was deliberate. Is for a lot of it, I didn't know exactly what was going on yeah. or where it was going, and I like I'm pretty sure that was deliberate because yeah, neither once, did the character. But once the pieces fall in place, yeah. It's awesome, yeah. And it and it made perfect sense. It's a really yeah. well written movie. It's a well shot movie. Um, Sicario, maybe. Hmm. Hmm. Got the Crimson Peak. Crimson Peak's one of my favorite movies of the year. I'm gonna. I'm, now that we're getting closer to December, I'm starting to really have to get serious mm-hmm. about my top movies. I have to really. Oh, get serious. I know. Yeah, it's been. Ex Machina still at the top. Ex Machina still at the top. You got to keep a well. place for Mad Max. Oh yeah. The fun of Ant Man. Yeah, Man was fun. I don't know yeah. if it would be my top, but it was fun. Mm. Not top ten. Maybe top ten. I'm thinking yeah, top yeah, no, five. No, no, no. I'm yeah, going okay. top ten. Okay. No, when I write an article, I make them long. But the, <laughs> when I write my once every two month articles, I, I try and put a little bit of weight in them. Um, so I, that so, Mario so I, article so I, <laughs> was like heavy. You like the Mario? Oh, article? it was amazing. Yeah. Mario, Mario got. If you guys Google on the site, Mario got me through my parents' divorce. I believe. Yeah. A big part of that. Um, so, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna put Sicario and Crimson Peak on there. I don't. Okay, so I watched The Martian too. And I do recommend Sicario, so so I don't want to spoil Sicario because again, so much of it's like the questions in the movie, and, and for you guys to know what, what am I playing with? I'm playing with the mic. Um, <laughs> I was trying to get the headphones away from the mic, and in doing so, I'm playing with the mic. Um, I don't want to ruin it. Just know that the director of Sicario, Denis Villeneuve, mm-hmm. Villeneuve, I, I so butchered. He's that. the dude that did Prisoners, isn't he? 
I believe he did Prisoners, yeah. which was awesome. Which I loved, yeah. I love Prisoners. Was, well, that movie was intense as hell, too. Like. It, he is the guy who did Prisoners. He also did a movie I did not see, which is Enemy, which is the one with oh, that, that he did back-to-back back with Prisoners that had Jake Gyllenhaal in it. Yeah. I gotta see Enemy. Um, he's doing the next Blade Runner. Ooh. He's the guy who was handpicked by Ridley Scott to do the sequel mm-hmm. to Blade Runner, so... You will hopefully be seeing more of him. I think he's incredible. Uh, I love Prisoners. I thought it was great. Yeah. That was definitely one of my top tens. So, um, The Martian. Hmm. Did I just see three of my top ten movies <laughs> in being in Canada? Did I see that? Because The Martian... It's just like oxygen. You just like... Yeah. I, 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 the Martian is a... I thought The Martian was awesome. Um, maybe not as much as the other two. Uh, but that could be... The book working against it because I really, I really, yeah, you did. I really you talked a bunch about just the differences in the ending in the book, and I didn't want to, I didn't want to spoil, I didn't want to, I didn't want the movie to spoil the book, and I knew that when Laura came to visit me up here in Vancouver, yeah. I was going to have to see The Martian because we wanted to see it, and I, I did want to see it, so I, I powered through the book, I read the book, but it may have affected my viewing of the movie mm-hmm. because. I thought the book was a lot of fun. If you guys you were talking the whole time you were reading, you were talking about how much you were enjoying. Yeah, it. Yeah, if you guys are science nerds, and it's a pretty short read. Read the book. Yeah. Did you start it? I'll let you. I haven't started it yet. It's no, pretty awesome. No. And the the movie's fun. Uh, the movie I think is really really damn good. It's good to see Ridley Scott doing an awesome awesome fun science space movie again. Um, there's some parts of it that I'm not totally into. Uh, some of some of the casting and some of the uh, story bits, but the story bits. It's like the de- there are details in the book that aren't mm-hmm. in it, and I want those details in it. But I yeah, but, yeah, but, but also it's going to give me a three-hour movie. So, yeah. you know what? I'm going to give I'm going to put the Martian towards the I'm going to put the Martian in the top ten. Yeah, it I need to I, I need to see the Martian again. We we'll read the book and then yeah, see it again. Okay, yeah, because I saw it late at night the day the day we saw Iron Giant, and I was falling asleep. Yeah, in, you know, okay. constantly. Okay, I'm going to put The Martian somewhere. And it was not a fault of the movie at all. The Martian's going to be somewhere in my top ten, I think. But this is what I want from The Martian. Director's cut. Ah, yeah. Yeah, a director's cut. Because uh, some of the stuff felt started to feel a little brief. Yeah. And it's crazy that I'm like, oh, I want... So for somebody who's as bad at science as I was in high school, <laughs> to be like, like put oh. Put the science back I in I want it. a little more yeah. science. I want a little bit more of that stuff because it was, it was meaty. Yeah. I, and, and I want a couple more complications... You know, based on science. Yeah. Well, and I felt like the the marketing of the film was like the trailers were very much like I'm gonna have to science the shit out of this and tease so much science yeah. and then but that was all of the science was within the, those the trailer scenes. Yeah. So let's put some more science in there because the movie is a constant fight mm-hmm. against the realities of life on Mars mm-hmm. and living on a on a planet that is not uh, a life bearing planet and the only solution is science. So. The the movie the, the book is almost uh, is a constant struggle with yeah. science being your only tool and there, the book is a lot of cool science and um, you know yeah, I did want that a little bit more in the movie uh, one cool thing I don't know if I mentioned on the last podcast but uh, at, in the afterwards in the Martian book he does mention uh, the writer Paul what's his name Peter Weiss yeah uh, he mentions that when he put the book chapter by chapter out for free uh, and it started to gain a bit of a following. A lot of the readers were scientists. A lot of the people were people who worked, you know, in, in uh, either biologists or maybe they're botanists or they're space program people, uh, and that they started reading this book and really enjoying it chapter by chapter, and they started sending them suggestions, being like, "Well, actually, the science here isn't exact, or the math here isn't exact. 
and they would send him suggestions. And to his credit, and the afterwards, he admits to integrating, you know, continuing to rewrite, yeah. rewrite the book and integrating those suggestions and, and that's, rewrites. And that's just that's super cool because it's like, well, it, and it, I, again, I haven't started reading it yet, but it had I have to imagine that it just takes it to another level. And mm-hmm. it would be interesting to compare it to what that original, originally published, self-published version it was. Yeah. And it's cool that the community that yeah because well, you were it celebrates me. that community yeah. it celebrates the science the scientists and us the nerds yeah and as so it's being the the, yeah. the, the the ultimate weapon in in keeping yourself alive and so it's cool that that community recognized what the book could be and did right. what it could to elevate it to you know where it is now it's almost like a like a crowdsourced editor you know what i mean like if your book you're <laughs> yeah. like, like if your book editor was crowdsourcing yeah. You know, and, and how soon before a movie gets that? Does it make sense? Like, now you're starting yeah. to see things like on, I guess, YouTube and, and, and I guess, social media video mm-hmm. streaming and stuff like that. Uh, I guess that happens with web series, I'm sure. Yeah. Where, well, where people rewrite web series or yeah. write web series based on crowdsourcing. I guess they, they did the same thing with Lost, where, like, Ben Linus showed up. But in the writer's room, they fell in love with the character. Yeah. It was only oh, because he was not episodes. supposed to last, right? No, yeah. Ben Linus was... In, in, I can't in, imagine Lost with him only as a, like a, a small, small character. Small character. Yeah. Now, now he's, a, he's yeah. one of the major parts of Lost. Yeah. So I think that's cool. Uh, we, are, we are a crowdsourced society, <laughs> which works, again, you know, it, but, but as much as we are, we're also in a tour mm-hmm. film community well, as well. There like, is a crowd... There's that... Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's got that hit record project, mm-hmm. which is literally crowdsourced TV. I wonder, what the, I wonder what the story is on that thing. Like, if it's I don't know. It's pretty popular. I haven't it? actually seen any of it. But. I know they have a show on a TV network in LA, in, in, in California. Is it? I think it's on Netflix in Canada. Okay. Yeah. And here, in, in the states, I was about to say here. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not in the states. Um, in the states, it's on. I don't know the network, mm-hmm. but I know Joseph Gordon-Levitt has a show on it. And I just wonder if it's popular, if it's hit the way, whatever level he wanted it to hit. Because yeah. I, there's something to crowdsourcing entertainment. Uh, and here it is in, as a book. And I'm sure it's happened a lot with, with these books. Like, obviously, uh, you know, what, what is it? Fifty Shades of Grey and stuff like that yeah. came, came yeah, out totally. of, like, the free fans, yeah. you know, community. So, um, I'm into it. The Martian. Go see the movie. Okay, so we got guys. We there's three awesome movies out right now, and I, we have yet to see Bridge of Spies. Bridge of Spies. Steve Jobs is getting Steve Jobs is getting awesome reviews. The there is a review of Steve Jobs up on the website because hey, we can't cover everything. Uh, <laughs> our writer um, wrote up a, a pretty awesome Steve Jobs uh, review, and it's made me want to see the movie even more. I want to see the movie. Yeah, I've heard awesome things about Goosebumps mm-hmm. too. I want to see Goosebumps. I want to see Goosebumps. Well, I mean, I like especially being born in 1990. Like that was the most prominent book series that I read in mm-hmm. my childhood, and and I it's been so long I don't remember a lot of it now. But I, you know, I think I'm de- I'm definitely in for a huge nostalgia trip when I go to see that. I'm old, I'm about 11, 12 years mm-hmm. older than you, so Goosebumps does not have the same place in my yeah. heart. But um, it just looks like a like Jumanji. It looks fun. Oh, totally. It looks yeah. like a really cool ride. And, uh, and I love Jack Black. Laura wants to see yeah. it, so I'm definitely going to see it. When I get back to LA, we are going to. Wa- I'm going to watch Goosebumps, and I'm going to watch um, Steve Jobs. You know what? You know what I was thinking about, and I don't want to get too sappy, but I was like, you know what? When I get back to LA, 
I have to catch up on television because <laughs> I've only managed to watch The Flash. Yeah. It just miraculously because obviously all these shows are getting DVR'd for me back in yeah, LA. Yeah, yeah. Like I haven't finished. DVR is probably full. You probably. I haven't finished <laughs> Fear the Walking Dead because it's full. I haven't finished okay. The Strain because it's because I'm here. So I have two episodes each of those. Mm-hmm. Those are still going. On. I know those have finished, but you know uh, those were still going when I came to Vancouver. But I haven't started the new season of Arrow, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Jeez. I haven't watched the new Heroes. Yeah. I, I watched like the first ten minutes of yeah. the new Heroes, and I was like, oh, this looks cool. Yeah. I'm into this. Uh, but I've watched the first two episodes of Flash. Did you watch the first two episodes of Flash? I have not caught up on Flash, no. Holy I've heard. Yeah, I've heard shit. it was a good start. The second episode yeah. has Jay Garrick in it, yeah. and you start to deal with all this Earth 2 stuff. Yeah. Because... The singularity that's formed at the end of season one, mm-hmm. and I'm being broad. I'm trying not to. Like, the Flash is so much about the cool moments, which is awesome. Like the yeah. cool shoutouts to the comic yeah. and the celebration of yeah. you know, it's it's not dark, it's not pregnant well, superheroes. It's fun. It's we a need celebration more of that fun of stuff, which is why I'm so excited for Supergirl because it. I heard everything it's great. else is dark, and Supergirl just looks so like so much fun. So, uh, so there's a singularity that happened at the end of the first season of Flash, and now because of it, there are pockets of people that have been pulled from either our Earth mm. to Earth Two or Earth Two to ours. Nice. And these are duplicates of people who exist in the universe. You know, so there. I mean, the second episode of Flash started like it explained the entire multiverse of the really? DC comics. The DC comics, unlike. The DC universe, unlike the Marvel universe, is all about multiverses. Yeah. Because there were so many iterations of these characters. And Marvel doesn't really deal with it too much, and they definitely don't deal with it anymore with their, with their secret <laughs> no, wars. Yeah. They've collapsed all, the, all, the, all of the multiverses into one place, so Marvel's going to come back very streamlined in the comics. Yeah. And I'm very excited for it, because there's weird stuff, like Wolverine is old man Logan. Like, they, yeah, it's and, yeah, and, and, the, and they, did, they didn't retcon Steve Rogers being old, either. Mm-hmm. Steve Rogers is still old. Yeah. And, you know, uh, Falcon is still Captain America. And I love that they're not retconning that yeah. stuff and just being like, oh, let's start like it's 1961 again. Because yeah. it's not 1961. It's, not, it's a new era. It's 2015, and Marvel's continuing to move forward. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting that they're going for this. Like, it's not like a, a reboot like they did with all new, the all-new stuff mm-hmm. two years back. It's not like or with the re- ultimate version. Or with the ultimate version. Right. Yeah, it's not like another reboot. It's like, this is just the next... Iteration of the whole universe in in DC, I think is and I'm not you know I, I read a lot I read quite a bit of DC, mm-hmm. but their whole thing with the multiverse has been it's been cool at the, as much as it's been completely frustrating, mm-hmm. but to see it on TV and to have uh, you know to have the the entire multiverse starting to be explained it's it's awesome yeah it's it was so cool such a cool geek moment yeah. Victor Garber's character, uh, let me see, I'm, I'm totally, uh, he's uh, Dr. Martin Stein, one yeah. half of Firestorm, okay. and he starts explaining this multiverse that he's <laughs> thing. It was so cool, and, and Jake Garrick shows up mm-hmm. as the Flash in Earth 2, who we all know from the gold, as the Golden Age Flash, yeah. really the Justice Society Flash. And he shows up, and there's two Flashes. It's awesome. Yeah. There's two Flashes on the TV yeah. show. And... They can do cool things. Yeah. Like there's a shot that goes into a commercial break that replicates one of the most iconic Flash covers of mm-hmm. all time, and they made it a shot in the TV That's show. Awesome. Well, and it's, I, yeah. I was losing my mind. It, like and even looking back, even like even five years, you would never imagine that you'd be seeing this on TV right now. Never. No. I mean, I, I said that on the podcast with the Gorilla Grodd episode. Yeah. 
because I was losing my mind at the Gorilla Grodd yeah. episode, and Laura said, "Did you ever think that you would ever see this on TV?" What is it? Yeah, never. It's, it's like it never, let alone just just five years ago. You couldn't imagine this. Like it's crazy how far everything is. In Berlanti's, in all those guys are doing it without reinterpreting it, without trying to make it. Oh well, how would this work in the yeah. real world? No, they're just saying, "Hey, we're going to celebrate yeah. what this yeah. is." Because it's worked for 50, 60 years, yeah. and we're taking it to TV, and I've loved every freaking minute of it. So I've got to catch up on TV, and it's been awesome now that I'm going back home. It's going to take me full days to watch TV. Oh, for sure. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm taking a pause from making TV <laughs> to catch up on TV, yeah. and that's exactly what I want my life to be. <laughs> <laughs> I exactly want my, I want my yeah. life to be like, let's take a break from making TV, film, and comics. To catch up on TV, film, and comics. And that's what I want it to be for the rest of my life. And then they can put me in the ground. That sounds like the life. Let's t- hey, your lips to God's ears, brother. <laughs> Let's make it a thing. Um, I know that I'll return to, to Vancouver soon enough if we can, if we can uh, take that over. Uh, <laughs> that'd be awesome. I like Vancouver. We did the, the grouse grind yes. yesterday. Yes. I, I've run a few races here in Vancouver, which is my, my little addiction. Is, yeah. If you're going to visit places around the world, you might as well get a medal out of it. Yeah. So I got a medal for running a half marathon in West Vancouver. Mm-hmm. I ran a turkey trot on your Canadian Thanksgiving, which I know. In the pouring rain. I, I ran it in the pouring yeah. rain. 47 minutes. Yeah. Not bad for a 10K. Pretty good. And in the pouring rain with my feet being 10 yeah. pounds. <laughs> Dude, it was soaking wet. Yeah. And all I knew was I could not let somebody wearing a turkey costume pass that finish line. The hot dog guy, I think, did pass you, though. So the hot dog guy, Derek was waiting for me at the finish line. You think that the hot dog guy... I'm pretty sure the hot dog guy came in. So that hot dog guy was huffing Because after you came through, we kind of went and, like, got your bag and stuff Mm -hmm. pretty much right away. And then we saw And I remembered, but I remember being like, oh, there's a hot dog man, like, coming across the finish line. It was very important. Was it before or after? I'm pretty sure it was before, because once you crossed, we left, essentially. If there's anything... That's a metaphor for my life. It said I was beat by the hot dog guy. You were just chasing that. You were chasing oh, hot dogs. chasing. You know what? I like your positive attitude. I was chasing the hot dog. Yeah. I was chasing my hunger. I mean, hot dogs are great. There's nothing. You I know. love hot. I haven't had a Japa dog. I had one. It really. It was really good. Oh shit. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, maybe like, I, maybe I get a Japa dog tomorrow. You should get a Japa dog before. So you a Japa dog is like a street dog here in Vancouver. There's so many. But what's special about it? I don't know. Because poutine, I'm not sold on. Yeah. I've gone to bat three times with the poutine. Have you tried just a regular poutine though? Like you well, had a duck we had, one, but no, no. But we had it. Oh yeah, we did have the duck one. With that you. was a duck one. Yeah, I had this weird which maple was one. a bit weird. You had fine. a weird maple one, which sounds disgusting. I'm not blown away by the poutine, yeah. but I'm still open to it. The Japa dog, I'm going to try. What was what's special about a Japa dog? Well, so it was the one that we had. It was like the meat tasted much higher quality than your typical hot dog, and it's got these like slices in it, and they put like. Some sort of like Japanese mayonnaise and like like kind of this salty seaweed on top. That fucking scares the shit out of me. I'm sorry. I mean, it, do, you sounds... have, do you eat sushi ever? Yeah, but it's got seaweed on it. You know why I go to sushi? Because I'm not feeling like a hot dog. You know why I eat a hot dog? Because I'm not feeling like sushi. That's true. I, I thought it was real. I would eat it again. I thought it was really interesting. Okay. And they're all over the place. There's so much like there's so many but, food trucks. But and I think stuff the here. famous ones, the one in front of the Sutton, I have no in idea. the hotel yeah. right, right down the street from me. Yeah. I think that's the famous one. All right, so I'm going to try the Japa dog. We did the grouse grind, yeah. though. The grouse grind is a climb, is in North Hollywood, or North Hollywood, <laughs> like I'm already back home, is, is in North Vancouver, yeah. and it is a, like a, how do you, it's like, it's like Lord of the Rings steps up the side of a damn mountain. There's over yeah, 2,800 exactly. steps. Yeah. Well, and they're like, 
You yeah. know, like They're I irregular. It's super not, irregular. It's not, Sometimes it's, it's just rocks. Yeah, it's not just steps up a no. mountain. They're irregular. They wind. They're windy. They 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 zigzag. Yeah. Some are rocks. Some, some are, are super tall. Some like, are trunks. There's they, yeah. There's different like. Sh- there's sizes times when you're like using your hands. Can to, you imagine like, pull doing yourself it, up? It's hard to rain, and I was like, this is gonna be the most yeah. slippery thing ever. Oh yeah, yeah. But it is something that you do here in Vancouver. The grouse grind and. You basically race up the side mm-hmm. of this mountain. Some people, the, the record is twenty three minutes. I can. I that's it was a, he was an Olympian. Okay. Um, I did it in fifty four. Yeah. Which, you know what? I felt so good about that yeah. because uh, the director of our show said, "If you can do it in under an hour, you're my hero." Yeah. Jared Padalecki goes, "I bet you do it in fifty five minutes." Yeah. I bet you do it between fifty five minutes and an hour five. I was like, all right, Padalecki. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's been cool meeting yeah, and talking with and working with Jared and Jensen. Totally. Because uh, they're, Jer- Jared went to a rival high school of mine. Oh, in, yeah, in yeah. Back in Austin. So right. he, he grew up in San Antonio. They were rival high schools. So uh, we've talked a bit about back home, and they now live in Austin and stuff like that. So we talk about Austin, which I'm homesick for. But he said I was going to do the grouse grind in 55 minutes. I looked down at my clock. On my watch, and I'm like, "Holy shit, I, I'm at 53 minutes." <laughs> and the 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 end of the grass grind is like right there. Yeah. Uh, it's just over that ridge at the end. Yeah. So I was like, "Fuck it, my legs are dead." Yeah. My leg. I mean, that was complete brutality. My legs were just they're out of oxygen <laughs> from the climb, and so I was like, I'm "Not gonna let Padalecki win this yeah. one." So I just picked it up, and I went at a huff. I slipped. I landed on my ass. I have the biggest bruise on my oh, ass no right now. Totally the biggest bruise yeah. on my ass right now. Uh, but I but I went into a full-on, not a sprint, but I really picked it up, and I went for it, and I made it in at 54. And awesome. I, I took yeah. a photo of it. I sent it to Jared and was like, 54, but that was hard as hell. Yeah. That was really hard, yeah. and, and I felt really good about my yeah. time until yeah, that's this a, morning. Oh, right, right. When I had brunch with one of the actresses from the show, and she goes, "Yeah, the first time I did it, I did it in '44," and I was like, "Shit!" <laughs> so I emailed Jared back, and I was like, "We got to beat '44. That's the time now." Yeah. So when I come back to Vancouver, I think I'll try and do the grind a few times. I think to like practice. I would like. It was hard as hell, but I like that. I mean, I like that you just you just have to do it. You mm-hmm. start it like you're not allowed to turn around. You're not allowed to walk back down. So. Yes, you're not allowed to walk back down. Once you start, you're not allowed to walk yeah. back down because of safety. Which is awesome because it's like because everybody's headed up. You just can't give up. Like I didn't think it was crowded either. People thought it was going to be crowded because it's like I was surprised how busy it was, but it didn't feel crowded. No, there was a blind guy. There, there was, was a dude a blind with a baby guy. that ran past me, and I was like, I need to work out every dude, day. Dude, the guy with the baby though was in great shape. Yeah. I saw him after I finished. He came in, and he. He must have done that damn thing in 35 minutes. Yeah, that's crazy. Because his legs were yeah. carved out of stone. Yeah. And this dude had like the craziest calves. There are people in some amazing shape. And then there are people who just go up there with their yeah. family. Like there were those two kids. Yeah. The blind guy was being led by a friend I of his. I cannot believe there's a blind guy. He was great. Yeah. And, uh, but it, I think it took him like two hours, two and a yeah. half hours. And it's just, hey, I'm hiking. This yeah. is what I'm doing. So, yeah, totally. So if you come, it's free. It's free, you, uh, and you take a $10 gondola yeah. back down to the yeah. base. So. Which it was, like, when we got to the top, I feel, I've, I, I don't know if we weren't, just weren't at the right place or what, but I felt like there wasn't a great viewpoint that showed mm-hmm. you just how far you'd come. Be- well, but, it's tough because it's directly yeah, underneath that's you. that's true. But going down the gondola yeah. and seeing how much stuff you're passing and seeing just how, 
like looking up to the top of the gonzo point really to where you land you're you just climb? like holy crap i like, literally just climbed up the yeah. side of a mountain like that that was a moment where i was like holy shit like Did that I was just high climb? yeah you're right. When yeah, we were I got, the, we, yeah. yeah, that was in the tram was the moment where it was just like, that's unbelievable. When we were at the top, you can't, the, the, the climb is almost vertical, so you can't really see beneath yeah. yourself. And it's covered in trees, and yeah. it's one of the most stunning things I've seen. Um, but it's, we were badasses. Yeah. And, and I got so sweaty at one point, and my glasses fell off. <laughs> and I was so scared because they like they kind of bounced down a little bit. And other people are climbing. And other people are climbing. And so I like go down to like, I'm like I saw something moving over here and then I didn't see them moving anymore so I'm trying to like find them and somebody was nice enough to like find them because I'm useless without them so I don't know what I would be doing if I couldn't find them yeah it would suck yeah it's been awesome uh and people have sent me suggestions be like oh do this this and this and while you're in Vancouver and sadly I've done that. You know, I was like, oh, I already did those. Oh, yeah. I already did the grouse yeah. grind. I already ran through Stanley Park. I already yeah. went across the Lions, Bri- Lions Gate Bridge. Yeah. Oh, I already I already went around, you know, Granville Island yeah. and all these cool places. You well, you guys rented bikes and everything. Mm-hmm. Like, you did a lot of awesome stuff. I went full Vancouver. Yeah. I went full Vancouver, and we've had so much fun. Uh, it's a beautiful city. I really love it. Yeah. It's my first time here. Yeah. Um, well, and I'm I've, excited to come back. Yeah. I'm, a, oh, I'm so free to come back, too. It's, if I don't piss anybody off. If you don't. And, and I... Hopefully you haven't. That'll be exciting. You talked about me on the podcast. Yeah, you're you done. Me out. You're done, kid. You're done in this town. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, we're going I'm, we're gonna to come back, and I think I'm going to try and do a grouse grind like every weekend that I'm back. That'd be awesome to try and pick it up. Unless there's a race. Yeah, I've ran some races. Somebody, so. uh, Michelle, who we went up the grind with, was talking Melissa. about Melissa. Melissa from, NP, from Melissa from November Project. Yeah, was talking about there's a race that you race from like West. Like West Vancouver mm-hmm. or somewhere to the grouse grind, and then you do the grouse grind. F and that's, that. Yeah. <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah. Wait. Uh, I, wow. Yeah, that would. That sounds on. Because already, from West Vancouver, depending on where it is, yeah. to the grouse grind, you're doing roughly already about a 10k, Bronx, anywhere from oh, a 10k yeah. to a half marathon, yeah. and then you do the grouse grind. Grouse grind's hard, man. It was hard. It took me longer to go. What a mile and a half, two miles up the side of a mountain. Yeah, than to do ten. Than to do ten. Than to do six point two miles. Yeah. So yeah, I did four times as far in ten more minutes. Yeah, <laughs> it was brutal, uh, but I love it. It's fun, and um, I heard Hugh Jackman did it in like crazy time. He probably did it at the age of fifty something. Dude is probably older and still kicking ass. Um, did you but he, like, he literally gets paid to just. Work out, and he's muscular. he's killing it. Yeah, um, he's bigger now as Wolverine than he was when he started Wolverine. Oh, totally. Like, yeah. It's like, okay. Well, it's almost he's like it's sad that he's ending this role basically, but he's almost he looks way better as Wolverine now than right. he did back then. He's grown into it so much. Um, did, did you manage to get any of these Yoshi amiibo? No, yeah. I uh, I might have to take Josh up on the offer to give me a backup Yoshi if I do end up getting Yoshi's yeah. Holy World. Uh, the reviews on the game are good. They are good, and it looks so cute. It, it's, I heard it's adorable. Yeah. So I might get Yoshi's Woolly World. But yeah, no, I've and it's sad because I, I up until now I have had every single amiibo. Um, I mean, I just had there's so many lines now, and there's so many different figures, and if I'm buying one of these Yoshis, I got to buy all of them. And <laughs> I only wanted the forty dollar <laughs> enormous one. And yeah, and it's just uh, especially like I just moved to Vancouver, which is, was really expensive to do, and I just started working here, and so 
you know, the funds haven't exactly been rolling in. Yeah, you've changed jobs. Yeah, I changed jobs. I went from one boring job to another boring job. and uh, But I live in Vancouver now, so which is, it's amazing here. It's, well, and it was cool, you know, the, one of the big things was like, where I'm from, there's just not a lot of stuff to do. So I was like, Vancouver's beautiful, there's so many people there, so much more opportunity there, but also there's a lot of different, you know, there's way, way more stuff to do. And then for the first weekend that I moved here, we went to see Iron Giant. Like, mm -hmm. So that, like literally the day after I moved myself to Vancouver, here's the first thing you wouldn't have been able to do right. anywhere else. And so, so, it's been awesome so far, and I, I can't wait to get a little bit more settled. So you didn't get the Yoshi Amiibo. I'm telling you, do not. I'm get, still trying. Like, I'm get, just do not do not get the Happy Home Designer. Regardless of what my I don't cousin, care. I don't want the game. I don't care about the game. Regardless of what my cousin El Chucho says, do not get Animal Crossing Happy Home Designer. <laughs> yeah. Well, this and is it's the Amiibo thing with the card. The biggest thing that stopped me has been that the cards are sold out everywhere. Oh, they are. Yeah, Good. they're sold out everywhere. Good. Good. And so, but every time I go into a store, I'm like, oh, well, maybe I'll just get one pack if they have packs. But that's how I started Amiibos, too. I was like, maybe I'll so just get Mario. Is, so the addiction, the want for the addiction is there. Yeah. But you haven't, okay, well, that's dangerous. Yeah. Um, I will say that I did order my Tom Nook Amiibo yeah. online, but I'm not, what, what, is, there's an Amiibo game. Yeah, out. so there's a Animal Crossing it's coming Amiibo out in November, game. I believe. It's called Animal Crossing Amiibo Festival. It, a and game, the game a is game. actually, the game will actually be free to download. Oh, really? Yeah, you just need the, the game is free to download. As far as I'm aware, the game okay. is free to download. You just need the Amiibos to play it. Oh, so I can play it? I think. Because I have Tom Nook. <laughs> well, I think you, because it's a multi, it's like a Mario Party style game. So I think uh, you need more than one Animal Crossing. Well, I'm going to get the KK Slider three pack. So there you go. You're, go you're golden. Wait, but I don't want to get sucked into another game that requires me to buy but more But the game's Amiibo. free. You don't have to buy the game. So, the, okay. you know, that's okay. It well, actually looks really fun. Like, it well, looks like. the game like, is free. Yeah. Hey, it, it looks it looks it. more like classic Mario Party right. than the newest Mario Parties have been. Okay. Um, it looks super cute. I'm really. Think, I'm, you, like, could you and I play it online? Do you think I, that's? Part I mean, of it's it? Nintendo, so probably not. But, <laughs> but uh, I don't have enough friends in LA to come over yeah. and play with me. I guess Josh and Juan can come totally, over. Totally. Yeah. Um, I can make friends, but that's hard for me. Um, that's hard for you. You're like, like me. literally, you. What? You make so many friends <laughs> wherever you go. The, the, I like haven't made a new friend in like five years, and. <laughs> <laughs> You're just like, oh, I'm in Vancouver. Oh, I have 48 friends from Vancouver now. Like, well, early on, um, <laughs> it, it, first off, the, it's because November Project, yeah. the, the workout group I do in LA, and we did in San Diego. Yeah, uh, they they have a chapter here in yeah. Vancouver. So as soon as I got here, I said, hey, can anybody take me to the workout? Mm -hmm. And it just so happens that one of their members yeah. is a block away. Yeah. So I've been hanging out with her, Melissa, who yeah. we went to the grind with, and meeting new friends there. And, and meeting new friends is great. Yeah. Um, meeting new friends and being like, you want to come over and play Amiibo Festival? <laughs> you want to play... A little bit different. You know, well, I, I think it can be done. Yeah. And I open it up to any Geekscape that's listening. If you're in LA and you want to come over and play Animal Crossing Amiibo Festival yeah. with me, let's do it. Um, but, no, you just got to put yourself out there yeah. and, and have fun. And um, I don't know. We'll see. I, I do want those Yoshis. And if the Yoshi Woolly World is, is a fun game, I'm going to pick it up. I worry that... I just got Mario Maker, and I have yeah. yet to unlock everything in Mario Maker and really make levels that I'm happy with. Mm -hmm. Like you like how like serious I am with it. I was like, I really want to make a level that I'm happy with. Um, but it's there. Did you read that Gama Sutra article I sent you on Iwata? I haven't had a chance yet. It's a really but good I article. Yeah. If you guys ever read Gama Sutra, mm -hmm. it's a you know it's a totally yeah. 
it's a website about video game industry. It's kind of industry. It's it's more industry heavy than news. It's a, it's more there's about very, like, yeah. There's not as much. It's it's way more. It's way heavy, like way heavier stuff um, than. It's heavy in the direction of you work in the video game yeah, industry. Yeah, totally. So it's like an it's like an industry publication, yeah, yeah. and they had a really cool article where one of Iwata's, um, I guess he started out as Iwata's supervisors or mentors, yeah. talks about Iwata, the late president of, of Nintendo. It's a pretty awesome article, just about if you if you keep working at something yeah. and you're passionate about it. Yeah. You'll find your place because yeah. Iwata was just passionate about programming for yeah. the Commodore 64 in the specific chip, which miraculously happened to be a chip that became that was integral to the Atari mm-hmm. Famicom, which, which was something I learned from the from the article was that Atari and Nintendo were going to make a joint deal to make software for the initial Famicom okay. system. And you know, the, in Japan, the Famicom yeah. was the original Nintendo, yeah, yeah. and the Famicom did not have any. Uh, uh, third-party license, uh, third-party games until like 1987, mm-hmm. and it's hard to believe when you think of a game now and it launches with all these third-party there's titles. No, there's almost no first-party games. Now. Well, I guess with Nintendo, they, they still pretty much only have first-party yeah. titles when they launch, and that's been their criticism. But uh, but when they launched the Famicom in, I guess 84 in Japan or 85 in, in yeah. the U.S. until 1987, they didn't have a. Th- third-party yeah, game. Crazy. That's insane. So yeah. it was Super Mario Brothers and Zelda and Metroid yeah. and those ones that were classics. Yeah. And, and well, guess, it's, it's a funny criticism, too, that they hold because their first-party stuff is... Yeah. It's unrivaled. Like, right. It, but they... But what was interesting in the article was Atari, which had obviously started to hit the skids by 1983, yeah. was... I mean, on the outs at 1983, had made this deal in Nintendo yeah. that when they launched the Famicom, some of the old Atari games Would like Joust... We're like going to be ready to go. Like E.T., yeah. Oh, man, listen, did you listen to the episode of Geekscape Games with Kenny Craig? Where they, where, oh, he's like, E.T. for the Kenny, NES, and I was like, like the, why are you on this podcast? There was never an E.T. Yeah, I was like, NES. why are you on this podcast? There are times I listen to Geekscape Games where I'm literally shouting out loud at yeah. you people. Yeah. Fact-checking is out of control with you guys. For, with me as well? No, not with no, you. It's, I know my facts. Let's just, let's just say it. It's Shane. Okay. It's yeah. Shane. It's Shane. Shane. Shane's pretty bombastic, and he goes out on these, you know... <laughs> when he's not cutting you guys off or or, or calling attention to yeah. segues, he's uh, yeah. <laughs> That's like really game. half the show. Half the show is Shane being you know is 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 Juan being like oh and another thing and he mentions yeah. one thing and Shane, Shane goes oh yeah. I wanted to talk about this and then he if does. You, but if you like if you took a, if you took a ninety minute episode which is too long, but if you took a ninety minute episode and cut out the amount of times that Shane says segue, you're at a forty five minute episode. It's <laughs> probably we're true. right where we want to be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um. So, what else? Uh, wait, are you serious that Rocksmith is coming back? I don't know. My friend Graham said that okay. he thought that they had just relaunched one. I want to Google it when we're done yeah. with the episode. I want to Google it and see if the Rocksmith, Rocksmith is really coming back because I want to play Rocksmith. Um, I want to play all like I, it's. I'm the last rock band and like rock band guitar here got to the point where they were almost. You know, they were almost. It was almost hard to tell which one was which. Like they were basically the same game, and so it's cool that this time around. I mean, it's been a few years. I feel like people are probably open to the music genre again, but it's cool that they're doing things very differently this time around. Right. Like Rock Band is more. It's like an the, Ubisoft re- release. Oh yeah, that's right. It is Ubisoft. I'm just looking it up online, but Rocksmith sounds. It sounds like there's a 2015 version mm-hmm. of Rocksmith, um, which is cool because it seemed like a, the game that. 
appeared and disappeared so quickly here. Very quickly, yeah. And you can use any guitar with this thing? Yeah, I think that the hardware for the game is like just this adapter that you would plug like a patch cable for an electric guitar into. Mm. Okay. And then it's able to read which notes you're playing. Okay, as long here, as here's where the price starts to hit. Are you ready? Yeah. You pre-order from Ubisoft. Oh, so it's not out yet. Is it coming out again? Available October 22nd, 2013. No, okay. I, I think... This is there's a Rocksmith 2014 edition that has PS4. Okay, so, okay here's the thing. Um, there's no cable included in the 2014 edition that is on 360, PlayStation 3. Um, there, this is Ubisoft needs to kind of streamline their their website because I see a picture for the thing and it has PS4, Xbox One, PS3, yeah. Xbox 360, and a PC version. I can't get information that's consistent on whether or not it comes with the real tone cable, which is what you're talking about. Okay. You're talking about the quarter-inch cable that also plugs into the USB yeah. spot. Uh, I can't get a, I can't get a really good <laughs> gauge on any of this. It's a, you know, also available on a Mac. Oh, maybe I'll just play, get it for a Mac. Uh, I heard the PC Mac version is not good. Okay. Yeah. No, the get console it for the, version I'll get is it for supposed to be fine, PlayStation, but then. the uh, PC Mac version okay. is supposed to be buggy as hell. All right. It's the easiest way to play. Learn to play guitar, dude. I want to learn to play guitar. Yeah, the the idea around it is is ingenious. Yeah, like and you I, and play basically play guitar here, except you're using a real guitar and, and you're actually kind of learning shit. And it blows away the entire. It really blows away the entire rhythm game stuff. So sorry for the random. Sorry for the <laughs> sorry for the random tangent. He's like, I just really want Rocksmith. But I was remembering that that Derek and I went hunting for Amiibo yesterday. And unsuccessfully and unsuccessfully and his friend mentioned that there was a new rocksmith and i was like oh don't mind if i do yeah let me see what's going rock on rock band's ex- i don't remember rock band being so expensive it's now the new version that just came out is 350 dollars canadian it's the full band for the full band yeah. kit yeah. yeah yeah no this is uh, i'm looking at this and it says 80 dollars for yeah. the 2014 edition but that one comes with the cable yeah the cable bought its own is it won't say but okay all right, we'll figure it out. I, fuck that. I need a guitar. Yeah. What am I talking about? Cable's <laughs> Mabel. I think the real cost is going to be a damn guitar. Wasn't there a version that had a guitar in it? I don't yeah. know. I'll check eBay for it. Yeah, buy it for a million dollars. Yeah. Um, okay, so we talked video games. We talked kamikaze. We talked movies. We talked Vancouver. We talked everything we wanted else to talk about. Is there anything else you want to mention, sir, as I depart the Northern Territories for Los Angeles? And no, I mean, it's just been great having you here and mm-hmm. seeing you so much. You know, I got to see you more this year than the years where I went to L.A. three times. There was a year I now went to L.A. Like three times. Imagine Shane visited you. Not as exciting. <laughs> no. Not as exciting. We wouldn't be going up the grouse grind. Shane, that's for sure. Shane, yeah, you'd be on the grouse grinder. Uh, Shane <laughs> is visiting me. I think Shane... Correct me if, if I'm wrong, Shane, but aren't you visiting me in November? So, yeah. My own, I think he said own, he was going down in November. Yeah. yeah. My own personal torment is coming to visit me. So Is he staying with you as well? I don't know. He's got a sister he does there. Have a sister. But yeah, he insists. No, I, it's, insists. Uh, uh, it's, been, it's been awesome, and I can't wait till you come back. Well, I can't either because it, it would mean. I'll cool be more things. settled then and know more stuff and can actually tell you this place is cool. Instead of the other way around. Well, it's been awesome. It's it has been awesome, Vancouver. Um, Geekscape is expect another episode very soon. Maybe I could be an extra I'll wear a Geekscape shirt in the background. <laughs> well, I'll work that out with the studio. <laughs> um, all right, Geekscape is listen to us every week. 
pretty much for the most part at geekscape.net on SoundCloud, iTunes, uh, however you get your podcasts, and go ahead and rate us. Give us a cool review, whatever you want. A cool review. Don't give us a bad review. Give us a good one. Uh, and share us with your friends is the main thing. I love seeing the numbers go up. That is all you guys. And as we go into the Christmas buying season, we're going to have a lot of stuff to talk about. So the holiday movies, the holiday games, there's going to be quite a bit to talk about. So stay tuned here. Again, listen to Derek over on the Geekscape Games podcast. It comes out every week and a half. That's being too generous, I think. Come on, it's more like it's every 15 days. Sometimes you get it every week, or every two day, two weeks. Sometimes you get it sometimes three days later. Late. Sometimes it's three days later. So, uh, And then, of course, our own Matt Kelly on the Geekscape Horror Club podcast, which is awesome. Uh, listen to those guys, Scott and Matt. Those guys watch some weird shit. I love the shit they it's watch. It's hilarious. I love it. Like, stuff that I, like... And they they have and there's so many idiosyncrasies to these awful yeah. shows and they know them and they're passionate yeah. about them. Yeah. I love the passion of those guys is why it's like half. Like I wish I was as passionate about anything as they are about these weird movies. Oh, if Shane knew half the facts about the stuff <laughs> that you guys cover on Geekscape Games that, that Matt and those guys do, then then you'd have a really good podcast. Yeah. As of now, you only have a podcast which entertains me because we have of a the podcast problems. right now. Yeah, you guys have a, we podcast, have a podcast. You know. And despite what Shane's been telling you, it, you know, it's not. It, I don't even think it's the number three. Oh, whenever he says Geekscape. that, I'm like, you're wrong. We're not well, that good. Listen, it's not. Like, there are only three podcasts on yeah. Geekscape. It's not even number three. All right, that one's reserved right. for that whatever reserved podcast for, starts next. Listen, you guys want to start a podcast with Geekscape? Come on over. You're already number three. You're already number three. Okay, <laughs> nothing can be worse than these slap jobs doing a little <laughs> Geekscape games. Uh, no, listen to that one. I love it. All right, guys. This has been Geekscape. We'll see you guys in only a few days. All right? Peace over and out. Bye.